A comedian, an actor, and a journalist walk into a bar. Tonight, we're talking to three of the masterminds behind the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame, celebrating the best, brightest, and biggest icons in Canadian comedy. So why exactly are Canadians so funny? I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Toronto and of course streaming coast to coast, Canada wide, and in fact, fact planet Earth wide on the Global News Radio Network. Uh, we got our producer Vince Tedesco on the line. How you doing, buddy? Look at that. Haven't even started the show. I'm already snoring. There's already edits. Um, uh, this is flack. Like remember the Aflac duck? Quack, quack. Aflac. That was Gilbert Gottfried, who I, I do a mean Gottfried. Well, oh, he did the voice for that. That's right. Yeah. He did the voice for that, then he got fired for being Gilbert Gottfried. But, uh, you know, you got to know who you hire. Uh, we got an interesting panel tonight, though, Vince. We have, first off, I really want to get into how exactly it took Canadian comedy this many decades to even do this. But there is a brand new Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame. So it's spearheaded by sort of a panel of a bunch of industry insiders. There's Kenny Robinson, of course, great friend of the show. Uh, he'll be joining us. He's sort of the... We know him as the godfather of Canadian comedy, but he's part of the board. Uh, we have people in journalism, producing, acting, writing, directing, finally building a Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame. I really want to get into with them. How did this take this long? Why are Canadians so bashful about self-promoting and doing this kind of stuff? And and I mean, Vince, we're going back decades and decades and decades of some of the most famous comedians on the planet coming out of this country. So how did they pick even the first sort of you know, inaugural class for this Hall of Fame. So we're going to get into all that. We got our friend Kenny Robinson. We've got Tim Progosh coming up on the show. And we've got an old friend of ours who we haven't talked to in years, Jim Slotek on the air, um, covering Canadian comedy. So yeah, it's good. To, it's a good, lot to get into tonight, Vince. Yes. And a, a shout out to, of course, with Kenny Robinson being on the show, who uh, headlined our Last show and uh, welcome back sort of celebration at Fired Up. We'll be back again December 5th, Sunday night, December 5th, for another edition of Inside Jokes Live. Be sure to catch that at Fired Up in Poor Credit. Come for a dinner and show. Uh, call the restaurant for reservations, book your table, and catch the likes of Patrick Hakeem, Crystal Ferrier, and another guy possibly heading to the Hall of Fame when his, I guess, illustrious career is over. I don't know, do, does your career need to be over to be in the Hall of Fame? Well, I don't want to get into. But Frank Spadone is going to be headlining that showcase December 5th at Fired Up. Get your tickets now. Uh, yeah, let's get into the, the Canadian, Com uh, Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame. Look, I almost said flack, too. Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame. And yeah, of course, 
uh, Spido, another great old friend of the show. He's kind of been with us since the very beginning, the very first season. But yeah, Port Credit Live it was a packed room last time. Um, but yeah, we're going to get into it, Vince. Do you have to be retired to be in the Hall of Fame? Do you have oh, to be yeah. dead to be in the Hall of Fame? I don't know. I don't know. Well, what are the rules? A couple of the names on there might be. I was trying to figure that out without Google. Yeah. Could we get in the Comedy Hall of Fame? I don't know. <laughs> do they accept? Like, do we? I mean, do we have to do this show for 20 more seasons or can we just go in it now? Let's find I out. Die. I would die if I did the show for 20 more seasons. Yeah, me too. I think the, yeah, you know, know your limit, play within it. All right. Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame right here on Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical, helping you spot hecklers in the crowd since 1967. And of course, by our good friends at Ivermectin. Not a fan of vaccines? Ivermectin, it's the horse dewormer for you. We're going to get some money out of them. Come out, by the way, Vince. We've been it's a joke that keeps on giving. The entire season now. I think two-thirds of our audience has no idea what that even is, which, good for us. That's that's. It's that's, the that's, horse dewormer. It's a horse dewormer. But you know why our audience doesn't know that, Vince? Because we're okay. Canadians. That's why. We don't well, eat. I mean... Anyways, it's a whole thing. Uh, we're, of course, talking about the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame tonight. We got a full panel. We're going to get into what this is all about, how it all started. Uh, first up on the line, we have Tim Progosh, who's one of the masterminds behind this Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame. How are you doing, Tim? I'm doing fantastic. And thanks for having me on the show. So we really, I mean, I'm, I'm really curious about this how how the whole thing started what the sort of whole mo is behind the comedy hall of fame i mean i think the first most burning question to me anyways tim is you know canadian comedy that's what we've done for decades in this country we pump out the best of the best comics in the world we really do i mean that's it's such a huge part of our cult, cultural thread in this country what was the whole idea behind this and why do you think it took us this many decades to actually do something like this finally uh, it's it's a long and sordid uh, uh, story that begins with the uh, my phrase that comedy is not a funny business. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but basically, uh, 20 years ago, um, I was my television company and I decided to uh, uh, start the Canadian or revive the Canadian Comedy Awards and start a Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame. We did it for the first two years. Uh, then we had that fiasco on September, the tragedy and yeah, not fiasco tragedy on September 11th and most sponsorship dried up. So there was limited funds for um, these kind of enterprises. So we decided to focus on building the grassroots of the Canadian Comedy Awards and put the Hall of Fame on a back burner. Uh, we developed the Canadian Comedy Awards and, uh, for 17 years. I ran it yeah. and, and, um, and it flourished uh, in its own way. We got some television shows on. We got nominated for some Gemini's and gave out over 300 beavers. And then um, our company, we started looking at building a permanent home. Uh, we had several attempts at that, that I, um, is another discussion probably, uh, which leads us to the modern day uh, when the pandemic hit and being all alone, I said, you know what, I'm going to take my um, knowledge of not-for-profit and uh, lobbying and uh, comedy and what, what have you and see what we can do to revive this and get it going. Uh, I reached out to a few people to try to be on the board, uh, Jim Slotek, Kenny Robinson, uh, Rick Wharton, Catherine um, uh, McCartney, um, who come from various disciplines. We added Miladin Reykjavik uh, from uh, Google, and uh, we got a, a very good board. And we decided to look at what's the best way of developing this. And we figured that we uh, came up with a three-year plan 
the first year we're, we're just starting and it's to uh, build a membership and get a nominee roster out there to start inducting people again, have a festival and induction ceremony next November, and then take it from there. Well, and it is interesting. I mean, you know, you're talking about how, yeah, 20 years ago you were building the comedy awards and you really, you had this concept a long time ago. And it's really, it's interesting because it's really only in the last few years in Canadian comedy where we finally started to see some of this glom together. Like we had a comedy union that was formed. We had a fight go directly to Parliament Hill about finally getting arts funding for Canadian comedy. Even though, again, it's been such a massive part of our national identity for so many decades when we're fighting people like you have been fighting this tooth and nail for years and years and years. It's like, uh, it's like our friend K Trevor Wilson likes to say, it's like, you know, he says he's an overnight success that's been doing it for 20 years. Cause that's, you know, people see the thing now, but it's like, this has been years of work and struggle that's gone into this. And I mean, one, one of the things that I want to get into with all three of you on the show tonight is, I don't know. I think we kind of almost have, maybe it's just part of our Canadian identity, but we kind of have this bashfulness where we're sort of hesitant to self-promote to that level and really shine a spotlight on our own. Well, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And and I'll, when we get into it with Kenny and Jim, I'm sure they have lots to say on that. Um, in terms of the development and the hardship, I mean, I go back to the fact that when we started as the Comedy Awards, um, I've been a lobbyist for 40 50 years now 45 something i'm old but the the uh the whole thing is that they didn't even have a box on the forms to check for comedy so yeah. that was that was something that i that took me two years just to get them to add that box uh to check for comedy on on those and uh we were able for the comedy awards to get you know various funding through the celebrate program through the uh, cultural arts presentation fund um over the years so ontario has been stepped up you know, to support comedy, it hasn't been a fight. They've been pretty good that way. Uh, federally, it's always been a little bit of a challenge, but they don't have that much money to delve down into into this type of a, a, a thing. And I don't want to get into the politics of it. Let's just suffice to say it has been a struggle. I mean, we were close. We were given the keys to to go by a, a company called the Cordish Group to uh, open a 25,000 square foot facility as part of the Woodbine Live development up at Woodbine Racetrack, which never happened then we were given uh you know we were very close and had had purchased a five million dollar piece of land in niagara falls uh to build a a a world-class attraction there that was going to cost us about 30 million dollars and we had some of it raised but we didn't get over we didn't take it over the the goal line uh i coach football so (laughs) you might hear a lot of those kind of references but um i'm 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 very happy now that we decided to adopt a um, crawl walk run approach in other words let's get something done where we can show who's been in so we have the website at canadiancomedyhall.com up we have the people who've already been inducted in 2000 and 2001 they're up they're they're known people can we figured out how to get people to join we figured out how to move it forward and uh with the help of the board and um i couldn't be happier it is i mean it's fantastic to see and especially you know coming out of such a strange time obviously in the industry and in comedy festivals went on pause clubs closed all that stuff we know we all had to sort of sit sit on our hands for the last year and a half so now coming out of this and finally starting to see i mean this being launched and even some of the network shows now i mean roast battle canada is just one example we talked to them recently canadian comics have been the top of the top on those roast shows for 20 years now 
it's another one of those things where we're going, yeah, why don't we do this? We have the talent here. We have the people. We can produce this. Why haven't we done it? So I think we're finally, hopefully, getting to that point where we go, if you build it, they will come. We should just be doing this stuff ourselves. Well, the, the, and the thing is, too, as well, as everybody asks when they ask the question, hey, how about supporting Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame? Most people say, hey, don't we have one already? Why, yeah. why, don't, <laughs> why, why don't we have one? Where, where is it? So um, uh, it exists now virtually, and uh, we'll do inductions in November and build a little festival. And we have, we've even test market touring exhibits. We test market in, uh, in Ottawa, the Great White North exhibit, a hand-on interactive exhibit where Dave Thomas exactly tells you how to be a hoser. He explains the whole yeah. thing. So it's, it's you know, we're, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. Oh, the timing is so ripe for this. And I mean, there's decades of, of, of stuff to catch up on now with launching this. We're going to get back into it with Tim. We've got Jim Slotek coming up. And of course, the godfather himself, Kenny Robinson, will be joining us. We'll be back with more Inside Jokes. Hi, it's Tim Progosh from the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame. You may know me from various Hallmark Christmas movies. But anyway, it's a pleasure to be on Inside Jokes on AM640. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And we are talking the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame, which, again, we were talking before the break to Tim Progosh. This didn't just happen. This has been in the works for two decades now, but it's finally here. It's finally happening. I can't think of a more perfect time and way overdue. Uh, we also have an old friend of the show who hasn't joined us in a few seasons. Jim Slotek is on the line. How are you doing, Jim? Hey, guys. I, I'm good. So, I, I mean, another thing I was curious about is, yeah, I do. I really do think we have sort of this hesitance maybe or this bashfulness in Canadian comedy where we're sort of reluctant to really, you know, we don't really wave the foam finger around. We don't really toot our own horn that much. We have sort of this weird boomerang effect in Canadian comedy where somebody could be somebody could be a crowd favorite at clubs here in Ottawa and Toronto and Montreal. Then they leave and they make it big in the States. And then Canadians go, yeah, they're Canadian. That's our, that guy's ours. We do that 20 years after the fact. So it's nice to finally see this infrastructure in place where more Canadians can know about these talents and keep some of it here at home and build it here at home. Uh, one thing I was curious to ask you both is, you know, relaunching this thing and, and making a go of it. And Tim, you were talking about, you know, future tours and doing uh, award nominations and all that stuff. How do you how do you build an inaugural class for this? I mean, there's decades and decades and decades of groundbreaking comedy to catch up on now with this. There's, there's no question that, that uh, we have a lot of catching up to do. A lot has happened in, in those couple of decades. You know, you made that comment about uh, uh, working 10 to 15 years to be an overnight success. Yeah. Uh, there was a kid I saw in the nineties named Russell Peters, who, who was barely, I think barely past uh, open, his open mic stage, but I saw what he was doing and I got, who he was getting to, you know, a, a, an entirely different different audience in a, in a country that was that was um, ch changing demographically. But uh, you know, again, it was in his case at least ten years before before he became an overnight success. And and uh, you talk about making it in the states. What about making it all across the world? I, I was I was at a press conference for a movie launch in Rome, 
and sitting next to me was was a, a, a reporter from from Singapore. And when he heard he, I was from Canada, he said, "Oh, you're Canadian. Do you know Russell Peters?" That like out of the blue. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, well, yeah. As a matter of fact, I do know Russell Peters. You know, uh, I, th I think I was one of the first people to ever interview him. But that's that's wh where it gets. You know, I mean, people people work really hard and and they have something special. But that doesn't mean they're going to get the the, uh, the keys to the city uh, right away. And so in all in, in all these years, Russell is a, is a perfect example of the of the kind of people who've who've um, brought attention to Canada. Um, and and for, you know for, for very little in, in return in terms of, of recognition. The uh, yeah oh sorry Tim go ahead. I was going to say it's it's an interesting because um, I I was watching clips recently uh, of the very first Canadian Comedy Awards that uh, television show and Mike Wilmot was on it and Mike Wilmot's one of my favorite comics always has been always will be because um, we started out together and you know hung around but um, it was a night at the Laugh Resort with Gilbert Gottfried was the big guy, the big ticket item, and Mike opened up for him. And everybody was leaving, and I stood there at the door, and everybody was saying, well, Gilbert Gottfried was okay, but that first guy, that yeah, guy made yeah. me cry. I have to wear waterproof mascara or whatever the, the comments were. It was that then I realized that um, we don't blow our own horn. And um, when you interview somebody, uh, Jim, you could back me up in this. If you interview um, Mike Myers, he's not going to talk about himself. He's going to talk about his influences and other people at Second City and how funny they were. Everybody wants to talk about somebody else. And it, it, it's hard to bring attention on ourselves. So uh, I guess because I was not that good, like uh, Russell opened for me his first night as a paid comic. I was my first night as a headliner. And to show you where our careers went, I went into organization and he went to, you know, be really funny. Uh, but the point is that um, somebody's got to take a step up. We've got a great board and we've got a lot of interested people. And I think we're going to gain a lot of support as we go because we're taking a grassroots approach. And, and, you know, uh, we're looking forward to, you know, people, people we missed from when, when these uh, awards happened in the first place. But it's really important to look back, too, because, you know, everybody knows about this hour is 22 minutes, but they don't know the show that, that, that the title uh, honors or, or is an homage to. And that's this hour is seven days, which was a show in the 60s that was like a, a, this amazing uh, uh, morphing of, of 60 minutes and, and the daily show. Like you, you do have things like Jack Webster, the uh, the curmudgeonly uh, West Coast journalist, uh, walking around before the election asking homeless people who they plan to vote for, and things like yeah, that. Yeah, you know, it was it. We have we have had really crazy comedy going going back to to well, you know, pick your war. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it, there was there, there was a show uh, called Nightcap. The great Billy Van was his first show was Nightcap, and it followed the hockey uh, the hockey game on Saturday nights. And they would there would be gay jokes. There would be this you know some of them wouldn't hold up today, but it was stuff that stuff that made the, the censors uh, ears perk up. And uh, you know we've always had that, and we always mix politics and 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 and, and social uh, issues with our comedy. And it's it's been said before as well that Canadians uh, are are the leaders in character comedy. Like, like we've always had a lot of people who, who um, say stuff from behind uh, a persona, you know, whether it's Charlie Farquharson or somebody like that or, or, or pick a character from, from the Air Force. So it's, it's good that people know uh, and, and can make the connection between comedy now and comedy then, especially as you point out uh, that, that if you ask any comic, they'll tell, they'll tell you about these comics that came before. 
And so it's all, it, it's like, it, it's a continuum of comedy. And, and uh, I look forward to uh, connecting the dots. Well, and because we're re- sort of retracing our steps so much here and sort of paying homage to people that we just never did until this point. I mean, there's names on this list of inductees that, you know, a lot of the comics that you're seeing right now on the galas and on festivals and on roast battle and all this stuff that have maybe only been at it three, four, five years. Some of the names in here, I mean, Rich Little, Dave Broadfoot. I mean, these are names that a lot of upcoming comics now don't even realize who paved who paved the way for them and who influenced a lot of Americans too. I mean, you look at some of our old going back SCTV, Codco, Kids in the Hall. I mean, Kids in the Hall was such a groundswell. There would have been no Bob Odenkirk and David Cross without Kids in the Hall. I'm sure they would sit there and tell you that themselves. And we've never sort of we we've we've never bothered trying to sort of recreate this stuff or really, really putting it at the forefront and giving it sort of the the due respect. The the, the if I can jump in here, uh, Dean, you're so right, because it's not just those comics, but, you know, I grew up in an area of Wayne and Schuster. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, that goes back to that and, and watching uh, David Steinberg uh, blaze a trail. He was, he was on The Tonight Show more than any other comic but Bob Hope. And, and these are names that nobody knows about. But what happens in five years from now when the kids are coming up, don't even know SCTV? Yeah. So that's why it's important that we get going and we get things done now, because um, I'd like to have Michael J. Fox tell his story and these people tell some of the stories um, and have them archived and shows like when you're mentioning characters for uh, Michael McGee did a show on TVO that not many people know about. Um, it was the Michael McGee show and he did six characters in green screen and he did the fake reach for the top and he did every character. Fred yeah. C. Jobs is just one of them. those tapes burned. They're gone forever. Um, in Ottawa, it was Bill Luxton and Les Lai doing uh, their show, uh, the Uncle William Floyd show that, you know, was a forerunner of you can't do that on television. And, and those tapes are gone. So we're hoping as we go, get momentum that we're able to secure some of these. I guess things. even House of Frankenstein would, yes. would, would, would be considered something. I mean, you know, uh, Billy Van did how many characters? And, you Six know, years. it's more than just a kid's show. I mean, because, uh, you know, if you, don't, if you don't remember, SCTV used to do a spoof of that show. Yeah. You know, I, just, I, got, I, I got turned on to Sly and the Family Stone watching House. House I want to take you higher with the Wolfman. <laughs> wolf yeah, man. yeah. Which, by <laughs> the way, it's Kenny speak- Robinson who just yeah. the chance. How are we doing, Kenny? Speaking good, of good, Canadian good. comedy icons, we got the Godfather himself, Kenny Robinson, just jumped on the line. Which, again, by the way, and I mean Kenny, you can certainly, of course, weigh on on this too. I mean, this is also coming at a time when you know, in the really just in the last few years in Canadian comedy. You look at some of the newer talent that's now starting to be on the new, you know, CBC shows, CBC comedy shows, on the festivals, all this stuff. We've already forgotten about us, guys. It's comics who have it's comics who put out stuff on YouTube and they stream stuff and they built a following there. So those, you know, the days of sort of, you know, having those cult heritage shows in Canadian comedy where you would go, you would meet the producer, you would work your way onto that show. And getting booked on these things, like if somebody back in the day, like a Joanna Downey booked you on one of her shows, you knew you were doing something right. I mean, Kenny, you're the perfect person to talk to about this Nubian show over 25 plus years. How many comics that are now known comics and named comics passed across that stage over the years? All of them. Uh, You know, it's just, uh, I I mean, okay. I mean, you know, if I just want to brag about the Americans that came up because they heard there was a black show going up in Canada, uh, 
you know, I had uh, I had Kevin Hart when he was originally out of Philadelphia. He was still known as Little Kev. Yeah. So he came up and he brought Big J with him one time to be his opener. Um, you know, so there's all, you know, but I mean, as far as Canadian comedy goes, I mean, Russell Peters was on our very first show. And I, I wish I still had the email that somebody sent me complaining that he wasn't black. And, uh, you know, I says, well, you know, uh, you know, we, we only got four or five anyway. So, I, you know, we've made him a member of the tribe. He's been adopted. But I mean, uh, you know, everybody that's uh, 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 John Paul, uh, Ron Jossel, um, uh, Jason Roust, uh, if you want to include him, um, you know, um, even uh, uh, I called him Nate Dog. Uh, uh, Nate McIntosh. Oh yeah, you know, he's he's the kid's so good, and he he's just killed it. But I mean, he was one of those. He was one of those. Can white guys? He never said this, but he was like, can white guys be on your show? And I go, yeah, he kicked like Nathan. But you know, anything short of that, then don't be asking. You know, I was able <laughs> to pull back that old uh, that old one that used to be used on the sixties. Well, if they're qualified, you know, so that was the one. What, what makes it qualified? I, I, when I tell you you're qualified, then you'll know. So, uh, you know, and now there's uh, there's uh, 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 Selma, Zin, uh, 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 Selma Zindi. I can't say enough things about her. Uh, she's going to be huge. Um, you know, there's uh, um, uh, Aisha Brown. She's writing for uh, all the TV shows now and yeah. had the first woman of color to have a Crave special. Well, because Crave's only been around a long time, so it ain't like it's NBC. But still, you know, so they've been kicking down doors. Absolutely true. And I mean, yeah, I want to I want to get into some of that, by the way. We'll come back from the break and find out how exactly this works, how you get inductees in there, and what sort of the basis is this. Because as we were talking to Tim and Jim about earlier, we're going there's now sort of decades to catch up on. And I mean, even even the names that you have in the Hall of Fame right now, it's 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 sketch people, it's stand-ups, it's improvisers, it's writers. So it's people in sort of every pursuit of comedy that really built things up to what they are now. Uh, we're going to come back with more of our panel, find out more about the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame with Jim Tim and the Godfather. That's what we could have called this one. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be right back on Inside Jokes. I'm Jim Slotek. I've covered comedy forever. I'm inside your radio on Inside Jokes. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto and of course coast to coast, Canada wide on the Global News Radio Network. We are talking the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame, which Again, if you're just tuning in now, this is something that is so overdue in this country, so overdue in Canadian comedy. We've got Tim Progosh, Jim Slotek, and of course the one and only Kenny Robinson on the line. Uh, we're going to get into some of who the inductees are in the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame right now and sort of, again, how you, how you picked this lineup. Because, I mean, there's so many giant groundbreaking icons in Canadian comedy in there. But again, we have decades worth of this stuff to sort through. Uh, Kenny, before the break though, we were talking about, you know, the comics that have passed across your stage when you were doing Nubian show over the years and how many name comics now passed across that stage. It's interesting though, the one American that you brought up, Kevin Hart, I do want to give him a shout out because, you know, in Canadian comedy, we're always sort of struggling with the industry to put 
Canadian comics on network shows and green light more things and build more infrastructure here in this country. Kevin Hart is one American comic that I can name right off the bat who for years now, he would come to just for laughs every year in Montreal and he green lights stuff. He green lights projects for Canadian LOL. Comics. His LOL network. LOL yeah. network. You know, it's incredible. He's one of the American comics that instead of us always fighting to go down there and work the clubs down there, he comes up here every year and he goes, look at the wealth of talent in this country. Yeah. And he puts them on TV and he green lights. So Ferrier has been on his show. Uh, uh, Sterling Scott out of uh, originally Scarborough out of Edmonton. He's he's done his stuff. So yeah, Kevin Hart's been uh, he's uh, he's he's been very uh, generous and, uh, and and righteous with uh, with Canadian talent. I'd say over the past few years, he knows he knows what we have up here. So okay, getting into you know the the inaugural class here for the Hall of Fame. Uh, Tim, I guess I'll throw it to you first, but who are, I know we have some, I mean, we're going, we're really digging deep on this. I mean, Rich Little, that's a name that I think, I bet there's, I bet there's improv students at Humber right now that would do a double take and go, who's Rich Little without realizing how much that he did for Canadian comics. Again, mentioned earlier, Dave Broadfoot, you know, the late, great John Candy, one of our greatest of all time. How, what's some of the lineup here and how did, how did you actually put this together and choose what you chose for this first lineup here? Well, um, we uh, assembled a, a list of 200 people who've been in Canadian show business for over 20 years. This was in the year 2000. Uh, we created a ballot. They got to write in as many names as they want. We went back to those 200 people and we got them to vote. And the top vote getters got into the Hall of Fame. So in the first year, it was uh, um, there was two acts, uh, John Candy um, and uh, Wayne and Schuster, um, uh, let me, I'm drawing a blank. John Candy, Wayne and Schuster, uh, Dave brought uh, Don Heron and Dave Broadfoot. And then the next year we inducted uh, a, the same process again, the Royal Canadian Air Force and Rich Little. And so we actually have some interesting footage of uh, the show that we did a half hour from stars. No one would put it on TV back then. We were doing the comedy awards and the comedy network, but they didn't want the hall of fame because nobody knew the kids. They didn't know who they were. So CBC didn't want it. CTV didn't want it. Global didn't want, nobody wanted it, but stars TV. And I think maybe I paid for their, our company paid for the time, or maybe they gave us a little bit of money and we had a luncheon and uh, uh, we inducted those people and they all showed up and uh, some of that footage and watch it now to see those guys, but that's who's in it. And then we have eight people and then I'll throw to the other guys to talk about them, but we have eight people that were left over on that ballot that are automatically on the next ballot. Right. And okay. So you carry it over. You know, I carried it over, but we're expanding that. The board had some ideas. We're forming a, a nomination committee uh, to flush that out, uh, all the details of it, but there'll be um, eight and then we have three different categories as well. We have performer, non-performer, and then builder historic. <coughs> so the builder historic, that was going to be chosen by the board uh, to, for, for most of it and the nomination committee. Uh, and then the rest of it will go to the final ballot for nominees will be chosen by founding members. And they're only people who've been in the business for 10 years and longer. And they can go on and it's all on the website. They can go in and, and, and sign up the memberships. Yeah. The memberships. Yeah. And they get to, to, to close it down to the final ballot that will go out uh, probably at the end of February uh, for voting uh, to the public. 
And it's interesting. I mean, because like I said, we were, you know, we, it seems like we're now just in this space finally in Canadian comedy where we're starting to recognize a lot of this stuff. I mean, look at how many years it took to have Canadian comedy albums in the Junos, uh, you know, took decades. Now we've got like 50 record labels out there for, for 10 years. It was just comedy records was really the only one doing it. Now they're like, or independence myself and Darren Frost. We've been putting our stuff out for years. You guys have been self self releasing your stuff, your, your DVDs, your tours, your albums, all that stuff for, for decades now. I had and, cassette tapes in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's just only a thing that people have caught on. Well, I mean, Jim, same with you. I mean, you've been covering the comedy beat for decades. I mean, you know, way before this show was on the air, way before Ben Miner was over at Sirius, there was really nothing happening in the media to really take Canadian comedy seriously and put it on put it on the page and, and talk about it and cover it in a legitimate way in journalism. We just didn't heavy talk was the it. weight on Jim Slotech's shoulders. Heavy, yes. heavy indeed. There actually were uh, each of the papers at uh, for a certain time had a comedy writer, so, so somebody who covered comedy. Uh, you know, Daryl Daryl Young did back in the day. Andrew Clark, um, and so I, I got got to see an awful lot. And the great thing was, my editors knew nothing about comedy, so uh, every week it was just like, "So what are you doing?" And it could it could have been you know some big name coming through town, or it could be some somebody I saw at an open mic that that I wanted to bring to people's attention, or uh, an act that's that was playing at Alt uh, Dot Comedy Lounge at the Rivoli years, or an uh, an open mic. I could do I could do whatever I want. Journalism has changed in in uh, that way. I could I could tell them what I was writing about and covering. And now, uh, if you work at a, at a newspaper or a other media outlet, they tell you what you're covering. So that's not that's not as much fun. All right, we're going to come back and wrap it up with more of the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame. We'll be right back right here on Inside Jokes. Hi, I'm Kenny Robinson. Uh, you're listening to uh, Inside Jokes. And if you could see me, you would know that I am wearing a pair of glasses from Hakeem, makers of fine eyewear. <laughs> there you go. You just, oh, oh, you no, just going up on social media. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical, helping you stay six feet away from everybody you know and love. How about that? Uh, we're talking Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame again. So incredible to see this happening. It's real. It's live in Canada. It's way overdue. Uh, we're going to go around the panel and find out what everybody's roles are and sort of how this came together. Kenny Robinson, the godfather, we'll, we'll go to you first. So what's your what's your involvement in the Hall of Fame here? And I'm also going to throw to you, since you know, you've seen every comic make their way up over the last few decades, who's somebody that you would really like to personally see in this Hall of Fame coming up? Okay, first of all, I'm not really sure what my function is, except for uh, except for spread the word, spread the gospel to as many people as possible. Uh, you know, because I guess being a you know being the one the elder statesman now, gee, that sounds so sad uh, of the industry. You know, I hate when these young comics. I used to come see when I was underage, and I'm going, I wasn't that much older. But um, I, you know, there's. Uh, 
I mean, how can you have a Canadian Hall of Fame without Mike McDonald? How can you have one without Norm yeah. McDonald? Um, you know, RIP, miss them both. Uh, McLean and McLean for me, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're so many people have never even heard them, but once upon a time they were rock and roll comedy, you know, they toured that, uh, you know, they, uh, they did backup on a uh, clap for the Wolfman. That was their hand claps for Burton Cummings. They yeah. were uh, managed by the same people. They did their albums. They recorded at the Elma combo and they were arrested for obscenity. So America's got their Lenny Bruce and George Carlin arrested in Milwaukee, but we got our own bad boys that I think that every comic that's ever, you know, thrown an F bomb in this country stands on their, on those filthy mouth of filthy, dirty mouth buggers shoulders. So, I mean, those are three comics or four comics right off the bat. I'd love to be the drum for on there right away. Which, and I, again, I mean, I think even a lot of the comics in the last few years that you do see on TV and, you know, see with these huge YouTube followings and all this stuff, they won't know who so many of these people are and they really, they really should, you know, this is going to be a good learning tool. I think for the comics now of uh, generation TikTok, that as we're calling it, uh, Tim Progosh, of course, we were talking earlier in the show, you laid the ground that work for this. Two decades ago was back in the days when the comedy awards were first starting out. So what's your what's your role now with with the Hall of Fame? I'm um, basically an acting executive director until we uh, build it up to hire one permanently. I would I, I'm calling myself the founder because I'm only one who's been kind of infantry uh, front line for 20 years. Uh, lots of help and lots of support, uh, especially now. Um, but uh, basically, that's my role. And I I come from a I ran the Canadian Comedy Awards. I, I produced festivals. I consult on festivals. I um, So I'm really interested in um, spearheading the festival, the induction festival, and getting, uh, you know, a host city and, and doing that. That's my prime focus now. Um, and when to answer your question about the comics for me, um, uh, I'm a, a little bit older, and there, uh, but I remember seeing Mike McDonald, uh, his first foray at Hiccups. Uh, in Ottawa on Rideau Street, and that's where I we were going. And he was op opening up for Jimmy JJ Walker. And again, I had the same experience. <laughs> that guy's way funnier than that guy. <laughs> I didn't understand. And then, of course, uh, background people to me make a a, um, a big difference. They're not stand ups. They're not touring in front of people, but they might have been. I think of the guys like uh, Brian uh, Hart and uh, um, Gary Campbell from the Parts who went and shaped Mad TV. And nobody knows that. Nobody knows that. And before that, there's two guys I'm going to mention, then I'll be quiet. And that's Pepiat and Ellsworth. They're two writers that everybody should know. They did the Judy Garland show, the Jackie Gleason show. They created Hee Haw. They launched Rich Little's career. They helped Billy Van's career. And they're, they're the kind of people that I'm going to try to pull in uh, this thing as I go. Yeah, had me till you mentioned Hee Haw. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, I mean, I love that you both, of course, mentioned the late, great Mike McDonald. And of course, this past year, we lost another giant in Norm McDonald. I mean, that alone right there. I mean, how much over the years of, of a comedy factory has Ottawa been? I mean, so many of the... I, I think what you guys need to do with this Hall of Fame next is just go out into like the Kootenays or something and blast part of it off and do like a comedy Mount Rushmore and just throw... Throw a couple, throw a couple of McDonald's and a John Candy up there, right on the mountain face. Uh, Jim, the one-man Rolling Stone of Canadian comedy for decades now. Really, you were the only one out there pounding the pavement and doing this. What's what's your role with this whole thing? Well, I know where the commas go, and uh, <laughs> I, I know how to spell people's names right. 
so that that's good. And there are some people in the media who owe me a few a few favors. So if we have to get the word out, uh, I might be useful in that regard. And uh, if if I'm to name a comic, you know, the, the Chili Peppers uh, had that song Californication. I, I want to get that out of out of people's minds. I, I want to see see somebody in the Hall of Fame who did it all in Canada. And uh, that uh, the person that most comes to mind is is Ron James. You know, nowhere in the U.S. is he's he's the blue rodeo of, of comedy, as as has been said earlier. Um, and you, you you don't you're 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 almost halfway stopped if you're getting into the business and people tell you you'll never be anything unless you leave this place. You know, uh, and and. I want to see the end of that. I want to see comics who've made it all here, made this their uh, uh, their stomping grounds. They can sell tickets anywhere in the country. I mean, during the pandemic, people bought tickets to see Ron James in his living room. You know, yes. so that that tells <laughs> you how, how how much demand there is for a guy who is all Canadian all the time. And I, I yeah, a huge shout out to Ron, another friend of the show. And I mean, yeah, he's such a. And I mean, Kenny, you were always doing this, Darren Frost. The, again the late mike mcdonald ron james those comics who stayed here at home and went out and pounded the pavement and just went town to town to town and just built their own audience without without the industry just went out there and did it themselves and i think and now without grants and got, without grants and now oh, we're finally we getting some grants and we could have rented rick a mercer for. rick mercer should be mentioned because he cultivated a whole yeah. other thing and he didn't leave and he stayed true to canada that's and right. a whole bunch of guy Canadian town have been uh, writers uh, yes. and uh, yes. have uh, comfortable lives because of uh, writing for uh, Mercer's show. So, yeah, right. Mercer's definitely another cat up in there. We were doing the Daily Show before there was a Daily Show. That's what was happening in this country. Uh, honestly, I could talk about this with you guys all day. But again, I just am thrilled to finally see something like this happen. I don't think the timing could be more perfect. Uh, Tim, before we wrap it up, so where can listeners at home go look up the Hall of Fame, find out about what you guys will have coming up? Where's all that located? Uh, www.canadiancomedyhall.com. All the information is there. We have a Facebook page, Instagram, LinkedIn, but let's get people to the website because there's more information there. There we go. Canadiancomedyhall.com. That is our panel. Thank you all so much to our listeners at home. Check this out. There is decades and decades of some of the best comedy in the world that came from this country and still is right now. So support live comedy. That is our show. Don't forget, you can listen to all of our episodes right back to the beginning on Global News Online. We'll be back next week. Hi, this is Alicia Carusi, and you're listening to my aunt, Sandra Carusi's Comedy Rx. This week's Comedy Rx features Ron James. I get it, though. I get it. I get it. Being kind to the earth isn't always easy. I try my best to buy the environmentally friendly products, but a lot of them suck. They do. Those green dishwasher cubes, they never work. You'd be better off handing your plates beneath the table for the dog to lick. <laughs> I bought environmentally friendly ant killer. Yeah, it was so friendly, it never worked. <laughs> I want raid results, kills bugs dead. <laughs> the only way to kill them, use a nut, was to squash the <laughs> with the bottle. <laughs> <laughs>